0: And he he caught on fire. And so uh, from the waist up, he has second and third degree burns. And he's currently at Harborview uh, in Seattle. So uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for him. And then we're going to go from there. You ready? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, for your word and how we get to get into it. I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love for us. And I I thank you for JT. Lord, uh, would you bring healing to his body, please? Um, All the the burns and sores, just heal him, uh, give him strength. And Lord Jesus, I pray that um, you would comfort Doris uh, in this time uh, I, I can't imagine uh, where she's at or what that feels like. Pray that you just encourage her and give her comfort. I, I pray for the same for for JT as he's going through this enormous amount of pain. Uh, that you would you would again bring healing and comfort. And, and God, I thank you that um, that you're near, and all of you is near him. And so I ask that you would. Uh, be with him in this time and and remind him that you're there. And again, ask for healing and encouragement uh, throughout all of this. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So uh, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Linda, can you shut your phone off, please? No. <laughs> that was fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' longest recorded uh, message. And he comes off, he, he starts uh, what many of us call the Lord's Prayer, which I would say is the disciples' prayer. Uh, but the disciples in Luke asked him, Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And Jesus uh, said this model of prayer. This is a model of prayer. And so what that means is that it's kind of a pattern to follow. But, uh, and so Jesus was doing the same in the Sermon on the Mount. And and you've heard it. It starts out with, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm going to stop right there. So, uh, Our father, again, if you weren't here, uh, our father is this idea that that Jesus is incorporating all these people to look to God as daddy. And so that picture of looking to God as daddy is this deep, intimate, safe, and secure God. And then from there, our father who is in heaven, heaven is this word uranos, which means the air that I breathe the atmosphere, the air that I breathe, and also the universe. So when we look at God, our our Father in heaven, he's so close, he's like the air that I breathe. And so great and so mighty that he is always present. All, all present everywhere. He is fully present. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. This hallowed is is may your name be kept holy. And holy is, is, is this idea that there's no evil, uh, that God is pure and good, and there's not even a tinge of evil in him. He's fully good. Fully holy. And so, so if we were to take a picture of that, that would be the, like the sun, right? The closer we get to it, the hotter it gets, Right? The closer we get to God, the more we experience the holiness, the more we come back to blessed are the poor in spirit. I desperately need him. And so this week, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this uh, word... Kingdom is interesting. Can everybody see it? Can you see it way, way back there? (laughs) Kingdom is this interesting idea, mentality. We don't see it a lot, uh, but I've experienced it firsthand. There's a, a, a country, actually a kingdom in Africa, uh, it's a monarchy, it's called Swaziland, now it's called Iswatini, and, and they have a king, right, and, and all the people exist to serve the king, right? The police, uh, here they are to protect and serve the people, right? In Iswatini, the police are to protect and serve the king, so it's a, a kingdom mentality. So, so a kingdom, uh, I've got a, two definitions. The realm in which the will and power of a king is expressed. The realm in which the will and the power of a king is expressed. Right? So so in a kingdom, the king is in charge. Now when we look at Scripture, uh, kingdom is, is brought up a number of times. Uh, we see... The kingdom of heaven in Matthew over and over again. We see the kingdom of God again in Matthew over and over again. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see the kingdom of God. Express that phrase. In the book of Acts, we also see the kingdom of God. In fact, when we look at it, it says the gospel of the kingdom of God. So the gospel is this the word that means good news. Of the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? Good news of the kingdom of God. I've also heard uh, John Ortberg. He says that the kingdom is defined as this. The range of your effective will. The range of your effective will. Now that's an interesting statement. The other night um, my four-year-old kind of expressed this. My four-year-old daughter, her name is Rama. And uh, Rayma was uh, uh, tired. And I don't know about you, but when I'm tired, I get kind of grumpy and a little bit edgy. And my babies are exactly the same. They're a little bit grumpy and they're a little bit edgy. And so Rayma uh, was just, you know, expressing that kind of wired. You know how you, uh, how when you, well, think about back when you were a teenager and you did, decided to do like an overnighter. And the, everybody just kind of got goofy and anxious. And if it was me, usually poor decisions were tied to that, right? So uh, and it's just kind of interesting. So Rayma's in this spot. And I, I said to Rayma, when we do this at home, we say, five minutes until bedtime, Right? And we get the same retu- response every time. Emma goes, oh, okay, dad, right? That's what he does at first. Rema goes, okay, dad, right? That's what she does at first. And then when the time goes, it goes, oh, that was not five minutes. It was so short. Can I have more time? And it just goes on. And then it becomes this battle, right? So, uh, but this night was interesting because Rama. Uh, she was already kind of on edge. And she looks at me and she goes, no, I will not go to bed. And I'm like, oh. And I'm trying, I mean, it was, I know she was being a turkey. I know she was being naughty. But I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and so, so I pushed her more. And I said, oh, Yeah. I will not go to sleep. I said, I bet you will. No, I won't. No, I won't. I will not. I will not. I said, you will go to sleep. In fact, in four minutes, you will go to bed. You will get ready. No, I won't. And and she was just going, going. And so on this process, uh, uh, we're like, okay, okay. Okay, God, help me out here. And I'm being patient. I'm being patient. I'm like, I'm using my calm dad voice, which doesn't always happen. So I'm always pretty excited when it does happen. Okay, honey, would you like me to get you dressed? Or would you like to get dressed yourself? <laughs> no, it's me or you. Which one's going to get your pajamas on? Uh, and so we go through the pro- I just made it sound like I was going to wear her pajamas. That's not the case. Uh, And so, so, uh, so by that idea or mindset, Rama is demonstrating her kingdom, right? I mean, she, she has made it set. This is my will. I'm not going to do this, right? And then I'm demonstrating my kingdom. Oh, yes, you are because I am your, I'm your daddy. I'm your father, right? I'm in charge, right? I'm the boss of you, (laughs) And so in this long process, uh, I mean, and so we see this idea of kingdom over and over again, right? I mean, if you have kids, you see this. If you've seen a kid, you've seen this. A kid expresses, the first idea of expressing their kingdom is this, the idea of saying no. Right? Their second idea is saying this is mine. See, you know this. You've all experienced this. And so when we see this word, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, we see two ideas. We see the kingdom of God. Oh, I love dry eraser boards. They're so much fun. And the kingdom And the kingdom of earth. So so when we look at this, this is how scripture plays it out. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of earth. And see, here's, here's an interesting question in that. Is if you're in the kingdom of God, who's your king? God, right? Jesus is the king of your life, right? So if you're in the kingdom of earth, who's your king? Earth, Satan, who said me, Cindy, so if you're in the kingdom of earth, Cindy's your king. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it's this idea that you're the king of you. And so what's so interesting and so powerful It's those words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus is saying, this is how you pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And who are we praying to? The Father, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I don't know if if we get the full breadth of this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What that means is that by no means am I in charge. So, so Jesus is saying, this is how you pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so, so, so we pray to God the Father through Jesus the Son led by God the Holy Spirit. And you know what's so amazing about this prayer is that Jesus' intentionality behind it is not just that, that we say these words. But prayer is relationship. I, I have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus the Son Led by the Holy Spirit. That's how it's supposed to be. This is how, how it operates. So what that means is that when I say, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm not saying my will be done. I'm not saying my kingdom come. I'm saying God's kingdom come. God's will be done. And so all of a sudden, I am yielding to whatever God desires. And here's the bigger uh, bigger thing about this, is that that means that, that my opinions, my desires, my hopes, my dreams, my everything, all that I am, all that I hope for, all that I dream of, is found in the kingdom of God. My hopes, my opinions, my opinions, my opinions, found in the kingdom of God. Now here's what's interesting. The nation of Israel, at one point, God was their king. And so what they did, was they did this thing that we do so often. We get in this trap, and we look and we go, oh, look at, look at over there. Wow. Looks so good. Hey, hey, see him? He looks so good. I want that. I want, oh, I want that. And so the nation of Israel saw all these nations around them and said, oh, oh it looks so good. I want that. And so what happened is they go, I, we want to have a king. And so what they're saying is this, is that God, you are no longer our king. We want a kingdom of the earth. And, and God said, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You want to follow a flawed broken man. You want to follow someone who's who's sinful and about themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they have. That's what we want. And God said, "Okay, I'll give you a king." And they got a king. And you know what? The king was flawed and broken and awful. At first, he was good to go. At first, he was godly. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. They're like, wow, we've got a king. We're just like everybody else. And see, here's that statement that's interesting. Is that by saying that they wanted a man to be their king, they were saying that God is no longer our king. That's a big statement. And then you see the nation of Israel up and down, up and down, following kings. King David, fallen, broken man. King Solomon, fallen, broken man. So on. So when we say, when Jesus said, your kingdom come, your kingdom will be done we have to look at this fact that a king is more than a one time thing king is more than i read i read this statement is more than like a star trek beam me up scotty prayer isn't that a great picture? You know, they go, when they're in trouble, beat me up, Scotty! And all of a sudden, they're transported to the great place. When, it's, when it says, your kingdom come, your will be done, there, there's this great big trust factor. Isn't it? Because when we say it, we're saying that God... Whatever I go through, whatever I face, whatever I encounter, I want to see your kingdom here. God, whatever I face, whatever I encounter, whatever I go through, I want to see your will be done. What if I don't like it? <laughs> What if I don't like his will? What if I don't like... <laughs> I don't like that person. I don't want him to be a part of the kingdom. What if I don't like that? No. What the scripture is saying, what Jesus is saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. So what that means is that you take precedence over everything. Everything. When I was in Boy Scouts in Colville, uh, Mr. Baker was our leader. And Mr. Baker was an amazing man. He had this big old giant white beard. Are you Mr. Baker? No. Uh, <laughs> he looked just like you. Uh, Mr. Baker was this amazing man. And uh, he would take us all kinds of trips In Boy Scouts, right? We'd do all kinds of things. And uh, he was so nice to us. Uh, Mr. Baker, I forgot what I was going to say. So when we do this, I'm going to just get back to my notes, which were over there. Uh, So when we do this and when we look to this idea, we have to ask the first question, is, am I part of the kingdom of God Or am I part, oh, Mr. Baker, now I got it. Kingdom of Earth. So Mr. Baker, uh, he led the Boy Scout troops, and we met at this uh, Army Reserves. You know what they called the Army Reserves? Weekend Warriors. Because they were only part-time Army guys. They would just come on the weekend, but during the week, they didn't do it. And so what Jesus is pointing out in this, this prayer is this idea that we're not weakened warriors, right? Do you get what I'm saying? So we don't just come to church on Sunday. When we say, oh, your kingdom come, your will be done, what that means is that with everything in my relationships, how I talk, how I think, how I act, how I behave, everything, and it all begins from the inside out. Your kingdom come hear God your will be done Here, God and so what happens is that when we say that and when we actually live it out his will, his kingdom is actually on earth as it is in heaven heaven is amazing and it's a place that we look to and hope for but the truth is is that God never intended us to go okay God I need you I love you, I want to serve you and then give our lives to him on the weekend and the rest of the week live like hell. He never attended that for us. The truth is is if it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that means that, that every day, every moment, I'm moving forward with Jesus in this gospel. Your kingdom come, your will be done says that I'm not a weekend warrior. It says that I'm a disciple. I'm a follower. I'm going to serve him. And here's where it changes everything. So the question is, so how how do I I become a part of his kingdom? Because the truth is, the scripture teaches this idea that you and I were designed from the very, very beginning to operate within the kingdom of God. We were designed to walk in a relationship with God. You go through the scripture and since the beginning of the time, God has desperately longed to be with us. And he's longed so desperately that he became Emmanuel, God with us. To walk with us, to talk with us, to be with us. So you and I, we're designed to walk in the kingdom of God. God. We're designed to not only walk, enter into the kingdom of God, but scripture says we're called to pray for it. We're, we're taught to seek it. We're, we're called to live out the kingdom of God. And so, so if kingdom is the realm in which the will and power of a king are expressed, then then the question is, is my life God's kingdom? The realm in which the power, will, and presence of God the Father is expressed. Is it? Or are we just (laughs) weakened warriors? So the question is, how how do I get into this kingdom? Because the truth is, is that we're all designed for it. I said that. We're, we're all made for it. We're all desperately designed for a relationship with him. John 3.3 3 says this. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Unless they're born again? The Bible says when I surrender to God, when I give my life to him, when I ask him to forgive my sins and I believe in him, I become a disciple. But even more powerful is that, is that I am a new creation. That old way of living is gone. That new creation is this idea of being born again. Born from above. That means that I get into the kingdom of God by surrendering to the King. By yielding to the king. Not in a momentary thing, not not for fire insurance so I don't go to hell. But for every day. And not only do I surrender to that king and how I live and who I am. But even the way I talk. And the way I give. The way I treat others. John the Baptist, when uh, (laughs) disciples were leaving him and following Jesus, he made this statement in John 3.30, I must decrease and he must increase. The kingdom of God reigns in my life when I decrease and Jesus increases. So what does it look like? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. Righteousness is this word of right standing with God, Romans 14, 17. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mark 4, 30 through 32 says this. Again, he said, what what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed. Which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. is that interesting? So we see this statement. What is the kingdom of God like? It's like a mustard seed. That starts from within. That's yielded to God. That again, it enters into the kingdom. It prays for the kingdom to come. It seeks it out and it lives it out. It's like a mustard seed. What's interesting is that there's another parable in scripture that talks about a mustard seed. And it says, if I have faith as small as a mustard seed, I can move mountains. Isn't that an interesting parallel? To me, it shows that that, that that mustard seed is this idea that I trust That God knows best. (laughs) And I may fight. And I may holler at times. But in the end. I go to bed. (laughs) Tie it into my rainbow. In the end. She went to bed. She calmed down. We read. We prayed. I tucked her in. Told her I loved her. And then Debbie came in and did her rounds. She wanted to be in charge. But the truth is, is that I knew what was best for her. I knew how she was tired and cranky. I knew what she needed. And God was gracious enough to allow me to keep calm and to love her and put her to bed. And so that idea of your kingdom come, your will be done is a mentality of trust in God. That he really does know what's best and he's better at it. I mean, look at at what the scripture says. Our father who is in heaven, daddy who's close and perfect, who's close and great. Hallowed be your name. Nothing evil exists in you. You are perfectly holy, perfectly good, perfectly just, perfectly loving. And then your kingdom come. I want to see this in other people's lives. I want to see this expressed in my life. Not so they give me the attention, but so they give you the attention who made me, who gave me this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is another scripture in Philippians 2.10, which I think that we need to grab hold of. So we look at this idea of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of earth. Who do you serve? What kingdom are you a part of? Are you in charge or is God? Are you leading or is God? Now when we look at that, we're called to enter into the kingdom of God. We're called to pray for it. We're called to seek it. And we're called to live it out. But in that idea is that I can do that now. I can do that now. Heaven can come to earth, and it does through me yielding to God, through me yielding and living for him. Now, Philippians 2.10 says this, Therefore God exalted him, this is Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue. This says acknowledge, but it's also translated confess, that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the glory of God the Father. So he, here's, here's what you need to know. Here's what I need to know. Scripture says that in the end, when we're all standing before God, and we're all judged, every one of us. The Bible says that at his name, every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. So it's going to happen. <laughs> whether, whether we're an atheist, whether we're a weekend warrior, Whether we're whatever we are, it's going to happen. So here's the question. If it's going to happen, is it going to happen now or later? Now means that I get to walk in the gospel of the kingdom of God, the good news that you and I were designed for and you and I were operated in, to operate in, that we can enter into his kingdom that we can pray for his kingdom we can seek his kingdom and we can live it out now or later now uh this over and over again made me uh look i could do it too ryan uh oliver was doing that this week okay <laughs> Uh, So what does heaven look like on earth? So if we back up and we go to the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are in uh, Matthew 5, verse 3 through 10. And it's the beginning uh, of this sermon that Jesus preaches. And he goes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the mourned, blessed are the meek, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness. So we see all these ideas. We see all these mentalities. And I I would suggest this. Is that this is how the kingdom of God reigns on earth. Is when I'm poor in spirit. When I mourn because of my sin. When I'm meek. When I hunger and thirst for righteousness. When I'm pure in heart. When I I, uh, am a peacemaker, when I'm persecuted because of righteousness. Now look at the opposite. Those are the kingdom values, the kingdom of God values, and here are the the kingdom of earth values. I'm self-confident, competent, self-reliant versus I'm poor in spirit. I desperately need God. Blessed are those that mourn. Ah, the earth values pleasure seeking. I'm great, I'm beautiful. Blessed are the meek. The earthly value is I'm satisfied, excuse me, I'm proud and powerful and important. That I hunger and thirst for righteousness that I'm satisfied, I'm well-adjusted, and I'm practical. I can do this. Blessed are the merciful, self-righteous, able to take care of myself. Blessed are the pure in heart. I'm an adult. I'm sophisticated. I'm broad-minded. Blessed are the peacemakers. I'm aggressive competitive. Above all else, I win. Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness. I'm adaptable. I'm popular. I'm not going to rock the boat. Do you see the contrast? So when we look at the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth, Scripture teaches this idea that we're either one of or the other. We either belong to the King, and if we belong to the King, that means we fully belong to the King. So here's the contrast in there: that if there's a piece of us that doesn't belong to the King, none of us belong to the King, right? Because it's His will, His rule his reign, his power in my life. So who's the king? You or God? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if he's our king, then we must Enter it, pray for it, seek it, and live it. And when we live it, we bring heaven to earth. When we feed those that are hungry heaven to earth. In His name, when we give water to the thirsty, we in His name we bring heaven to earth. When we proclaim the gospel we proclaim Jesus as the leader and lord of our life we bring heaven to earth in his name you see this process so would you just take a moment would you bow your head with me what kingdom are you a part of who's in charge of your life who's your king So here's what's amazing about Scripture is that it requires a response. If Jesus is not your king, will you enter the kingdom of God? If Jesus is your king, would you pray for the kingdom to be expanded? For God to use you in whatever role? realm or area that you're in would you seek it would you look to move it forward and pursue opportunities to be in it and finally would you live it if he's not king of all He's not your king at all. So what that means is that God will call you to courageously live it out in boldness and in faith and to let it grow like the mustard seed. And he begins that by you surrendering So this morning, would you take a moment to surrender to God? Father God, I surrender to you. All my life, all that I say, all that I do, everything that I am, all my hopes, my dreams, I yield to you to be king of me. I trust that you know what's best. Jesus, thank you so much for the price that you paid so I could be in the kingdom with you. Holy Spirit, lead me, lead us. Every day, every moment, every opportunity. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Bless you guys. Would you stand and say, hey? Hey. 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 Give hugs, high fives.